Welcome to episode 82. It's going to be me again. There's a couple of reasons for this. Um, I am in the midst of scheduling future guests, and I had one that had to back out last minute. And so to kind of keep on pace, I just figured I would host another episode. The last one went really well and got lots of great feedback, so I figured why not. So today's episode is going to have focus on vision quest, ripple effect, leadership without a title, time to pivot, learning through vulnerability of others, and communication with honesty and transparency. So I hope you enjoy this one. Let's get started. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. Before I really dive into this one, I figure I will do a formal introduction. I assume that everybody that has made it to episode 82 of the Lifestyle Chase kind of knows who I am. But if you don't, my name is Chris Little. I am an Edmonton, Alberta, Canada-based personal trainer. I definitely put a lot of work into the podcast, but yeah, I, I train people in gym for my primary income. Um, I'm really passionate about it. I used to be a spin instructor at one point, so I still know a lot of people in that community. And I used to work for Yeg Fitness selling advertising as an account manager. So I've always kind of had my foot in the fitness scene here in Edmonton over the last like four or so years and I just like connecting with people and that is why I started the podcast so if you didn't know now you know this episode is going to be a little bit more focused it it came down to the fact that I did not want to repeat things that I've already said so if I do repeat stuff I you know I just repeat stuff you're just gonna have to to just roll with it you know All right, one of the first topics that I wanted to focus on is something that I call a vision quest. And I think I've alluded to this many times before, but it is something that usually for me comes around every year around like October, November. And I don't know why, well, I guess it all comes down to the fact that when I think of a vision quest, I think about like, a long hike or a long trip or just something with some sense of uncertainty. So I'm going to break it down for you. My definition of vis- vision quest is a little vacation, an escape in which you don't have to have a set budget. It doesn't mean that you have to stay at a hotel. It doesn't have to be overnight, but there has to be some element of complete disregard to itinerary. You just have to completely not plan anything because 
when when you have like this set plan we tend to live more in our comfort zone like if if we know where our hotel is going to be and if we know everything that we're going to do and we know the restaurants we're going to go to or we know the food that we're going to eat or we know which road we're going to turn on like we don't learn anything from it we don't have to make any like quick like recalibrations or, or quick decisions and so that is really what makes up a vision quest. I'll, I'll tell you an example of a few. Usually for me, it's been a during a, like a time of transition, like a time of change in my life or career. There's so many things that can change, like like micro changes. And so one that I remember is when I was working my old job, and I was getting pretty close to making that move into full time in the fitness industry. There was a lot of things up in the air. I was uh, in the midst of completing one of my certifications. I was doing some full-time Nate courses while working a couple jobs. And it's just like there was just so much going on. I I remember I had just instructed a uh, charity class at True Ride. And it was all proceeds went to cancer. And I just remember being so down on myself. And it was like... I didn't have enough riders in the class. I uh, I was so overwhelmed with uh, with classes in general, like with uh, working the two jobs and then working on the Nate classes and working on my certification is just it was like from before sunrise until after sunset I was always working on something and I felt like all of this work was getting me nowhere, and it wasn't to the effect that I was burnt out. I just thought that I was just never going to make it anywhere, and so. I spontaneously decided I was just going to do a day trip. I woke up at like 4 a.m. one day and just, I was like, yeah, we're going out to Jasper. And I packed, I went to Superstore the night before and got like some some stuff to make some wraps and got lots of snacks so I wouldn't need any food. Like I wouldn't need to stop anywhere for food because like if you go out in that direction at like 4 in the morning, there's really nothing open until like 6 or 7. So if you're hungry, you got to bring some stuff get out there and I was doing a hike I think it was like Moline Canyon or something and all the ground is frozen it's like freaking cold I wore like uh, three or four layers of clothes and as I was moving around I was getting warmer getting warmer and I brought my camera because I believe that as part of a vision quest whenever possible you should implement some creativity to it I find that it's like it's good for you to have sort of a creative outlet if you have any hobbit uh, hobbies not hobbits what am i saying but uh yeah so i brought my uh, dslr camera and the coolest thing in the i didn't expect this to happen but i didn't realize how much the sun would warm up like the falls and everything and so i start out and it's just nothing but ice and then as i'm doing this hike and getting further down the canyon i start to hear the water move because like everything's melting and it's just something that happens every day and then the sun's coming out and then there's steam coming off of the falls and it was just I don't know it was kind of one of those things where you had to be there but at the same time uh, like I'm a very uh metaphorical analytical kind of just I can make analogies to things that are happening to things that are happening to me so in my life at that point, I felt that I was at a standstill, that everything, I was like frozen in place. And then I realized if you 
have the patience to make it through the cold and wait for things to warm up things things will get moving and it'll be worth it in the end so you see what i'm getting there like sometimes you have to find your metaphor out in the real world to understand that uh your grit determination will pay off um so it warmed up and i kept hiking and i did this weird like route back i wanted to do like this roundabout i wanted to come back a different way than i went out and I ended up walking, like, down the road. Um, there's, like, all these uh, crossing points. And so I was, like, at the the second bridge. And then I ended up at the fifth bridge. And I was trying to take, like, the highway to get back to the, the second bridge or something. And so I ended up seeing, like, wildlife and all these cool views of the mountain that I wouldn't have seen from my car because I actually just took time to smell the roses. I think my like my my phone at the time tracked like the the kilometers that I traveled and I think I covered like 40 kilometers that day like I walked a lot and then I got back to the car and I decided I'd go for some food at uh, the Jasper Brewing Co I think and yeah just had like a really good meal and then I got an email back from my marks from a few of the courses I had taken and the marks were all good. And I was like, wow, like I wasn't expecting that. Like I, I thought that I was stuck in this situation where it didn't matter how much work you put in, you wouldn't reap any rewards. So it was just a good feeling. And in other instances, when I've gone on these vision quests, like uh, one of my certifications is CanFit Pro and it was when I was on a trip to the mountains that I got the email that I was good to go for, for that. And that was a really good feeling because it was just like, I don't know, if you're waiting for any kind of an outcome, you can feel really anxious about it. Another of the trips was, uh, well, actually, I'll tell you about probably one of the many impactful out-of-country trips that have gone on. And... I've talked about this a little bit in past episodes, so if you're a, a long-time listener, you're in for a treat. You're going to have some context. This is my trip to Costa Rica, and that trip, like, it was my fourth kind of, like, big exploring trip. It was the first time that I was going to go on the plane by myself because I was meeting up with my friend Dustin. And he was in Costa Rica for a full week prior to my arrival. The other flip side is I booked my arrival flight in, I think I booked it into Liberia and he was in San Jose or it could have been the other way around. But needless to say, this meant that I needed to get on a bus to get to where he was. So going on the planes myself, going on the bus by myself, He's got a little bit of a better grasp on the Spanish language. I have nothing like, see, si, no, that's all I got. And so I was way out of my comfort zone. But that's the thing. That is what you require for a vision quest. So there was so many things that I could reflect on. And again, this was, this was in a time where I was hesitant to make big leaps. I would always talk myself out of it. I would overthink it. To the point where I would just not do anything. I was like paralyzed by fear. And so I'll often see people in those situations 
where they overthink, 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 overthink. And then they're stuck in a situation where they're just like unhappy. They know that they're unhappy where they are in their environment or around certain people. But because of the amount of excuses that they've come up in within their head, they're just going to stay there like forever. And it having gone through that, it, it sucks to watch because I know what it's like when you make that leap, which is funny because when I was in Costa Rica, here's the second thing. So I get met up with Dustin and we do our traveling. We we're doing backpacking. So we covered a lot of ground. Like we did a bit of a loop through all of Costa Rica and we stayed in like five different hostels. We stayed in a tree house in the forest. It was like, it was fun, but he managed to convince me to go bungee jumping. And I would have to say like that, I totally took that and ran with it. Like I was very reluctant to do the bungee jump. I'll say that first and foremost, but that leap tended to uh, play to my favor. From that point forward, making leaps in life was so much easier for me because I, I basically had an example of a real life jump that I did where everything was fine. Yes, there are risks, but the rewards outweighed the risks. It's kind of like that whole YOLO premise that you only live once, ironically. Of course, I yelled that out as I jumped out of the uh, the little cage thing. Like, he was probably 500 meters away at a viewing point with all kinds of world travelers. And all of a sudden, you see this pasty white guy jump off the thing with the bungee. And he's like, YOLO! And they're like did he just say YOLO? And then my buddy Dustin's like, yep, yes, he did. But it's all on video if you ever want to see it. Um, yeah, honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too long after that, that I was starting to sort of like reassess where I was at in my life, my environment, different leaps that I wanted to make that I hadn't made. Like, it's just, there were so many scenarios where I wasn't willing to take the risk on myself. And at the end of the day, like really what it comes down to is if you're not willing to take the risk on yourself, nobody else is going to. It doesn't matter how much somebody loves or cares for you. Like you, you need to take these leaps for yourself. And especially if you're aware of the environment, which makes you happy versus the environment where you are scared to go there, or if you're feeling like dread or anxious, like if you can impact change in little facets of your life and it's just the only thing scary or the only thing holding you back is fear, I think it's very, very worth it to make change. However, full circle back to the start, Vision Quest, honestly, like I went on one recently with my pal Jimmy and we just went for a drive like in the direction of Innisfail. And I know there's like, when you're just going to like Innisfail and like, we, we went to Lacombe and we kind of did a little pass through of Red Deer. Like there's certainly, there's really wonderful things in all these small rural towns and cities, but, uh, there, there it's, it's kind of limited to, uh, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like we're, it's no Vancouver or Toronto or Victoria or anything like that. Like if, if you don't like, uh, grain silos and tractors and um some oil industry stuff like what you see is what you get however it's great for vision quest because you can get lost in an empty 
empty secondary highway you can go to places that are closed like one of my well actually several of my moments where it was like oh bonehead move um we went to uh discovery wildlife park it was closed but you know like i just thought because they have bears that acted in movies and i thought you know maybe they're open because like bears live in winter like they're still eating and walking and doing stuff but i guess with uh with the overhead and stuff, they probably just shut her down and just make sure everybody's just happy and they don't keep it open for, for the people, which is fine. We went that far. We went uh, in the direction of Pine Lake. We went to uh, the the cornfield, the corn maze by Lacombe, also closed. But I just think it's really cool that we saw what a corn maze looks like without corn because all the things that they have. We went to Lacombe, we went to a brewery there and kind of sat down and enjoyed life. We went to Black Faults for McDonald's, naturally. Um, I took them for donuts when we were in Red Deer. And we also went to the Red Deer Alberta Sports Hall of Fame, the, the museum there, because that place has like some cool stuff. But there was a whole hockey team there, so we had to make a pass. But yeah, that, that is a vision quest for you. No plan, no trajectory. Just like get yourself kind of off of your regular path to make yourself think and make quick split second decisions and adapt and pivot. So my next topic that I want to talk to you about is ripple effect and ripple effect. It's funny because these things kind of tie into each other. There was a trip where I went out to Canmore and i went out to canmore same thing as as the trip to jasper early start went out to i think it was like a goat trail or something like that i brought my snowshoes ever since that trip i've actually kept my snowshoes in the trunk of my car year round just in case you never know when you need snowshoes but it was just like it was, it was such a cool trip because like um you can kind of go at your own pace there's so many like nice trails for snowshoeing in which like the cost is so much lower so when you're being a thrifty vision quester um rather than paying like 90 bucks for a lift pass you can find like some of the recommended trails in Kananaska's kind of more area um and just go for go for a rip in your shoes but in any case i was on my way back and i stopped in i think it was like uh Right close to Cross Iron Mills, there's a gas station next to like a Burger King and stuff. And I was getting my gas and I get a message from my friend Farah. And she was just kind of saying, hey, how's it going? Because I think I posted something in my story. And this is like a reoccurring thing. Like Sometimes you just get this friend that just checks on you at like the right time. And I had just had so many like big moments during like the drive and during my walk and I'd been listening to podcasts and audiobooks I really like doing that which we'll get into later in this episode but I this was again on the the brink of some big moves in uh, getting further into the fitness industry and it just I had been thinking so much of of what I wanted to bring and what kind of an impact I wanted to have. And I remember telling her how I wanted to have a ripple effect on, on the industry and the fitness industry and how that's what I was going to do. And that was something like two or three years ago. And 
I don't know exactly how I would define a ripple effect back then, but here is how I would define it now. I look at a ripple effect as my impact, not only to impact change through what I do, but to impact change through what I am able to empower others to do. So it kind of comes down to leadership, which I'll get into a bit more later. But it's one thing to be from the top and tell people what to do and make sure that they know that I'm the one that told them what to do. It's kind of like ego. Like you get somebody with this big ego and they're like, oh, I'm the boss. I'm in charge. You do what I do. What I say is right. And that's how it goes. Or you can be someone who listens and is captivated by the people around them and grows from them, but in turn shares their experiences. So what I tend to do is I'll often tell a lot of my personal stories of, of growth and struggle and triumph and failure because you grow through what you go through. Um, a lot of people who have made it really far in their life have had to go through some some big failures. I've, I've talked to people from many different industries where like they could be like the top mortgage broker in Canada or they might have like a franchise that just really took off and they're on their fifth location. Like these are real life people. Um, and they've had businesses fail on them or they've been close to or nearly bankrupt and they've had their, their trials and tribulations and nobody really talks about that stuff. But uh, by sharing that rather than being like full of ego, you empower others to find their own path and you give them the outlet of somebody to lean on and you you create this almost network rather than it being like a a pyramid scheme where everybody below you puts in work but you're just always going to benefit because you're at the top it becomes like this this web like a internet of people in which like yes one person helped that other person get up on their feet but that person can in turn help the initial person back when they need it. Everybody's going to be down sometimes. And the more transparent and the more open you are with your with how you communicate and how you lead others, leading by example, doing the things that you say you're going to do and um, sharing things that actually happen, not things that you want to happen. There's a lot of people that like the uh, the quick route, the uh, instant gratification. So they'll almost cut corners and they'll be like, well, I'm in charge now. Um, la, 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 I'm the boss king of the castle, you know? Like, you you got to put in the work. And that comes with uh, building building your internet of people and creating that ripple effect. My next, my next topic that I really wanted to talk about is leadership without a title, and it ties into the whole ripple effect thing. Um, it goes back to, it was the Robin Sharma book, which I think I talked about before, the leader who had no title. And this is going to be my take on it. It's maybe not going to parallel with the book per se, but I will say you should probably read it. My take on it is in a lot of instances people feel like they need to be the fitness leader 
to have an impact on fitness or they feel like they need to be the politician in order to have an impact on their community or they feel like they need to be the teacher in order to change the way people learn and that's not always the case yes it kind of makes it a little bit more direct and yes it makes it a little bit more within scope but if you approach things with the right attitude you'll find that some of the most impactful leaders are actually the ones that are just there they're in the trenches with you like you have to look at it from the standpoint of sometimes the hardest worker in the room has more influence on the other people in the room what happens when they leave how do the other people respond things like that and so you have to look at it as how do you lead your life and is it with intention um is everything a hell yes or is it a hell no because if it's not one or the other why are you doing it does that make sense? So sometimes you have to reassess the things that you do. There are too many situations where people are willing to drive to a place or go to a job or do a thing in the gym and they're like, oh, well, I just, you know, I don't know about this thing. And in the back of their mind that they, they know there is another thing to do, but they're unfamiliar with it. It's that whole vision quest analogy. It's like, it's unfamiliar territory, so that fear holds them back from from changing what they're doing. Um, yeah, so it's like when when you can impact change through having intention in what you do, then you are a leader, and you might not have the title of person in charge or or president, but that that intention that you have resonates with others and. They see that example that you set, and they see that work ethic, and it changes how they do things, because maybe to some extent they're competitive, and they want to be as good as you, as, as hardworking, as fulfilled. At the end of the day, you're doing something with purpose, and it means something to you, and if that makes other people better, that's great. Just remember, like, you don't need to make your way to the top to be someone you know like so many people want to like have a following or they want to have a new name make a name for themselves that's a that's a great one there's a lot of people that I talk to that are like I just want to make a name for myself and it's like well what is making a name for yourself for you like what is the outcome of making a name for yourself because there's a lot of people that might feel like they've made a name for themselves maybe they have a large internet following maybe they they're published or something like that but like are the people picking up what you're throwing down because that that's worth considering and i think it's okay to make a name for yourself i think a lot of very lead by example style people do but i think it's best to just trust that process and trust that everything that you're doing will work out in the end as long as you are doing it for a reason that is greater than that little quick little outcome like if if you're willing to lean into that long-term process i think things will work out 
because I've seen it happen that way. I've experienced it happen that way. There's so many situations where I look at myself as small fish, small fish, and then I get a flash of perspective that, you know, like a lot of things have changed in four years for me personally. And I always, it it surprises me that I can release a podcast like this and there's more than just my mom and dad listening. That, I don't think I'll ever get over that. It surprises me that when I check the podcast rankings, like the Lifestyle Chase today is the number 23 fitness podcast in Canada. And that's incredible. And it might drop down tomorrow. You never know. But it's it's just when you do everything with intent, then the leader title comes to you. But that was never the thing that was necessary. I'm going to talk about time to pivot. Because I think for a lot of people, there's going to come times when it's time to not stop moving forward but maybe move forward in a different way. So for me personally, what it comes down to is like assessing your why. Like if, if you wake up in the morning and you have this process, if you don't have a justification for why you do each thing, then why are you doing it? So if I worked at, if I worked at a grocery store and I woke up and I was like, okay, I got to wake up at 4 a.m. to work at a grocery store. And when I work at that grocery store, I'm going to bag the groceries. And then when I finish with that job, it'll be like 12 p.m. And then I'm going to go to bed because I'm tired. And then I'm going to wake up and it's going to be dark. And then I'm going to get ready for work the next day. And so I'm going through that process and... For me personally, that's that's not fu- fulfilling because it's like, well, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, to pay the bills. And then they're like, well, does it cover all your bills? I'm like, no, it doesn't. And they're like, well, does it give you the flexibility to, to live the lifestyle that you want to do? And I'll be like, no, no, it doesn't. And it's just like, then you get into that woe is me, like nothing's happening for me. And then you have a poor attitude. Like, this is just, I'm not saying that I know anybody where this has happened to. I'm just saying that this could happen. And it's so easy to have it happen because it's like, you're comfortable. You just, you're used to that whole, like, early wake-up call. You're used to going to bed after 12, like, noon because that's just what you do. And you you do something for two months straight and it's just going to become your new normal. You could be an astronaut and all of a sudden being an astronaut is your new normal. Or you could be like uh, a horse jockey and like as bizarre as it would be to start off you do that for like a year or something then you just know nothing different so keep that in mind when when you're feeling like you couldn't make a change because you're so used to your current routine well it doesn't take that long to get used to a whole new routine you can completely change industries and get used to it it's just that whole uncomfortable feeling of transition But at the end of the day, like say I shift from the grocery store and I'm like, okay, um, one of one of my podcast guests, uh, Ryan William Jones, he actually gave some great advice on just like asking, surveying some of your friends that see you most often and getting them to ask or to give you an answer as to what what your talents and skills are from their perspective 
And so like, say somebody thought that I would be great at like admin or that I would be great at sales, but working at a grocery store, like in the the night shift or whatever, that wasn't very sales focused or that wasn't very admin focused. So what am I doing? So then that would be a great opportunity to look at those jobs and perhaps those jobs would allow for a better like quality of life for maybe my quality of life required that I get more time in daylight and that I get more disposable income to not always worry about paying bills because like to an extent money it's it's a necessity but once you have your bases covered then that excess of money or whatever like if you have an extra $2000 to spend every week versus just having like $500 to spend every week on just like fun things once once you have your your bases covered you can be frugal and you won't really notice the difference what happens is like when people have all of this extra income they end up just buying things and then those things accumulate like like trust me there like when i had more disposable income i just bought a bunch of toys and like i just kind of wasted a lot of money because what i noticed is as the the years passed when i realized like i had all these things that i didn't use kicking around the house i was like selling them on Kijiji. I was like looking around the house and I was like, what have I not used in the last like three years? And I had like things that were still in the box. And I think it's just habit. Like if, if we don't have a limit, then sometimes we just kind of spend things without any intention. Um, so yeah, just like finding a thing with purpose and pivoting, you don't have to stay in that routine. And even with, because I, I try to use examples that people could relate to with fitness. Like you see a person that goes to the gym and they're kind of like, I'm just having trouble being motivated. And I'm just, I'm tired of doing these, these squats and these deadlifts. Cause it's just like, it's just the delayed onset muscle soreness. Like, ah, oh, it just gets me. And I, I really have to drag myself to go in the next time. Well, reassess it. It's like, why why do you go to the gym don't worry about why like tommy or billy or Susie goes to the gym why do you go to the gym um is it to is it for heart health is it for mental health is it to get stronger because there's way more than one way to do it and i would say to that person try like five different things one week like just like push yourself out of your comfort zone and try like a drop in at like five different things and then find the one thing that you actually think is fun and then find a way to do more of that. So maybe you found that you like boxing and then you just do more boxing or maybe you found that you like like a hit style workout. So you do more of that. Or maybe you find that you want to do like some sled pushes and some tire flips. So you do that. And it's just like, you can rewire or reframe a thing so you get more out of it. And not only does it increase your motivation, it increases your drive to progress. When I make a workout session fun for a client and it's like fun, like I've asked them what they like and I put more of what they like in, they get stronger way faster versus if I tell them what they're going to do, kind of like leading with the authority to be like, oh, well, I know you don't like tire flips, but suck it up. You're doing tire flips. Like if you do that, like you're not going to progress because they're going to be reluctant. They're going to feel dread going towards that, that session. They're going to think like, well, shit, like I don't actually want to do this. So I'm not going to, I'm going to half-ass it. Like I'm just going to keep half-assing it. And then 
that's going to play into everything else that they do. They're going to kind of feel like they don't deserve to do the things that they truly want to do. And that could apply to their, their choices of like extracurricular. Like you see a lot of people that are reluctant to plan a holiday because it's like, well, oh man, like I'm not working hard enough. I don't deserve a holiday yet. And it's like, well, you're only going to get one chance to travel to these places, quit making excuses and just go, you know? And I think we're all guilty for that. I think the high achievers are guilty for that. I think the people who are broke are guilty for that. I think students are guilty for that. I think there's always one way to do more for yourself. And I think we could all use some practice with that. So like, what, what are you feeling in your environment? Because that is one of the biggest reasons to pivot. Um, when you're an employee, especially like self-employed, um, well, I guess when you're self-employed, you're not really an employee, but you know what I mean. If, if you're on a path where most of the motivation needs to come from yourself, then your environment is huge. You have to look at it and you have to look like they, they make that, they say that phrase where it's like, are you the smartest person in the room? You don't necessarily want to be the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be the strongest person in the room. Like, I know a lot of really strong people and they've benefited from finding even stronger people. And that's pretty impressive. We're like with some of the people that I have to, to pull from, for example, is like I know some people that are deadlifting like 700 pounds. And so they had to go and find somebody that deadlifted more or deadlifted it better or something like that. And so environment is huge. Just imagine if if you wanted to be the best writer in the world but you went and you went to a room full of people who didn't write. They don't like writing. All they play is Super Nintendo and they just make sure to avoid writing at all costs. Well, will you be a better writer versus you want to be the best writer? And so every week you make sure that you connect with people who are actively writing right now, like published authors, and you just like rack their brain. Like you just figure out what they did to get to where they are well chances are your writing will improve so whether it be your first hand like where you spend all your time or maybe blocking in some time to expose yourself to more of that like that's that's why personal trainers will pursue continuing education and that's why it needs to be a regular continual ongoing thing um, that's why teachers do professional development. That is why a lot of large corporations will have like their lunch and learns or their seminars or their conferences. It just kind of keeps things going and keeps you growing. But if, if your environment is bad and if you're just dreading being there, you got to change it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much it pays because if you're lacking purpose, like there's so much about mental health in the world right now with men and women and it is derived from like a lack of sense of purpose like that that is not the only reason but it's certainly a contributing one like a lot of people when they do not feel like uh they make an impact in others well that really sucks and a lot of people when they are just not happy to go to where they're going and you rack up how many hours that they're spending there. Well, that that's going to take a toll. It's like wearing a hundred pound backpack all day long. So keep that in mind. My next topic here is learning through the vulnerability of others, which is generally just like talking to people, hearing their stories. And the easiest way to do that is 
you find a book and you learn about it through that way. There's so many, most of like the, the self-development books, um, those, a lot of them come from like personal experiences, like business books. It's a lot of their personal trials and tribulations. And you listen to like a podcast, like I'll give Carrie Dahl a shout out because she is very similar to me in that we interview people on their journeys and their their personal stuff and the nitty gritty stuff and the things that make them happy and the things that made them sad and the things that stopped them in their tracks like we can all stand to learn from somebody else's story um and usually when i find a time when i'm just lacking motivation or i'm feeling stagnant i'll listen to somebody else's story and it helps me to see my situation from a whole fresh new perspective because sometimes it makes me realize well i really don't have it that bad or i have some things that i should be grateful right now or wow if they did it i can do it too and more often than not when we're in our little like uh self-pity mode where we feel like it couldn't possibly get any worse and the world is coming crashing down um when we are open to hearing somebody else's experiences we start to realize like everything's going to be okay. Um, the sun does rise again. And so I think it's important to get to that point as quick as possible, which is why, like, that's why you'll see me listening to other people's stories through other people's podcasts. Or that's why you'll see me like making time to visit with people. Cause like you, you're not going to know people unless you make time for people. And the more resilient you are through this process, the further you get. Like, it's, I've learned so much from making time for people, um, which goes down to communication. Like, communication, honesty, and transparency. Um, have you ever, like, been in a situation where it's like, oh man, I just did this thing that, you know, like my parents wouldn't be proud of? And so I'm just going to make up a story of what I actually did instead of say what I really did. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Say I ate all the ice cream sandwiches in the freezer. Like, I, I'm i just going to tell my parents that I only ate one one ice cream sandwich and, uh, like, the, the gremlin ate the other 11 ice cream sandwiches. Well, like, I never admitted that I ate the ice cream sandwich, like, all 12. But um, it's kind of hard to believe that a gremlin ate 11 another example could be like relationships like if you're in a relationship with somebody and like you're not feeling happy but you're scared of like hurting the other person's feelings like if you communicate what you need from the relationship to the other person they're more able to understand and perhaps like make the changes to get there versus if you're just always crippled by the fear of like hurting their feelings well you'll never get there like they're probably never going to understand what you need and it's just going to crash and burn like probably the reason that i know that is because i'm a bachelor like you don't get here by accident (laughs) but i have grown through that like uh i have learned to just if if I need support from a friend, like if, if I need somebody to uh, to just come and hang out with me, I will pick a friend and I'll be like, look, I need a pal to go to a movie with. Or if I need somebody to just vent to, I'll, I'll pick a friend. And then boom, phone call or we go for coffee. And otherwise, 
I would just be like, well, why can't anybody read my mind? You know, you have to equip the people around you to be able to support you because people like to help people inherently by nature. Like there's probably some reason, science backed reason why people feel better by helping others, but it is fact. And so every time that you think that somebody else doesn't have time for you to, to make you feel better, you are wrong. You are wrong. Everybody wants to help everybody. And they just need to know that they are needed and they need to know how. And sometimes that means really high quality communication because sometimes somebody will be like, hey, how are you doing? And the other person's like, fine. Well, sometimes you have to be like, hey, how are you really doing? Because I noticed that you are different from how you usually are. Or I noticed that you seemed anxious to talk to me and then you said fine and that just seems off. Asking that extra question can get you a lot further. Being transparent about things can get you more out of them. It can get you more long-term sustainable friendships, relationships, everything. It can get you better relations with your employees, with your clients, with uh, Susie from Safeway. Like It's just... If you go to the grocery store and you say, hey, do you have Oreo cookies? And they're like, yes, we have Oreo cookies. Well, then they'll just say you have them. But if you say, hey, do you have those like mystery Oreo cookies because I'm planning this party and I need like 200 things of them? Well, then you don't have to mess around finding the aisle that they're in because you told them that you needed 200. So they're probably going to think, well, let's get a cart or let's get a box and they'll load you up and then boom, you're out. Like that's, that's where communication is key. If you just said, do you have Oreo cookies? You could go to the aisle. They might not have mystery Oreos. They might be sold down to the fact that they don't actually have 200 in inventory. So like that, that is a really bizarre example, but context is key. Details are key. And it could be like a very heavy, heavy conversation. You could be talking about like, like early unexpected pregnancy you could be talking about death you could be talking about breakup divorce but honestly um i'm not i haven't experienced early pregnancy and i haven't experienced divorce so i can't speak to that but the better quality of the communication the better the outcome even if it's a tough conversation even if there's crying or there's anger it's it's worth it in the end and honestly, that is basically all I had to talk about today. My challenge for you is I would like you to pick something that you have never done before. So this could come down to you could go to like a cat cafe. You could go to uh, go rock climbing if you've never gone rock climbing. Um, come see me for a personal training session. Like, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. But uh, if you've never trained with me, you get a free session. Uh, it would be basically your first free consult. But if you want a little mini workout, hit me up. Um, that's an option. That's, that's that for my plug there. Um, other things that you can do is go on a vision quest. Go on like an aimless drive with maybe somewhat of an end goal. Like, yeah, you could probably book your hotel in advance, but don't just do all the things that everybody does do some different stuff like change up change up your game plan like just google something and be like oh that looks like a place i'll go to that place then you 
get to learn whether it's like a five-star little museum or not or you get to learn like where that road goes like stay safe don't go driving off the edge of a cliff by accident but just try change up your routine i think one of the coolest things people can do if they want to spice up their life is go to a hostel like in jasper or banff like somewhere that is exciting enough that you get a diversity of tourists but also safe um because honestly the diversity of the people that are staying in that hostel it'll feel like you left the country especially if you go into the common area play some cards like i don't think people i think people take that for granted that we have experiences to meet new people right right at our doorstep jump out of your regular routine because at the end of the day i think we all have to remind ourselves um i'm a guy that used to be really antsy about going to spin classes like the very first one i went to i dug my heels into the floor and i just didn't want to be there i didn't think i fit in so anybody that knows me really well and just knows how many people that i know from going to them and how it kind of played into me being in the fitness industry would find that pretty ironic and that's the tidbit that i'll leave you with so Thanks for putting up with me for 50 minutes, and if I was going to leave you with anything, it would be that make sure that whatever you're doing in life has an intention to it. Make sure your environment lifts you up doesn't bring you down. Uh, try to make a ripple effect out there. Try to make that internet of people and go on a vision quest. Thanks for listening. Try to uh, go and give me a rating on iTunes. That'd be great. And... Enjoy life.